Welcome to episode 109 of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. From the lands of Bretonia. I want a trumpet. I am Scott Prime, and this is Steve Kilowagi Campbell. How's it going, Scott? It is going quite well, my Good. friend. So, Scott just got back from a trip. I did, and I apologize out there. We tried to do these here weekly, and then uh, I throw a big monkey wrench, and <laughs> you know, I go away for a week in a trip that I've maybe thought out for less than 10 days prior to. <laughs> no, so, I don't blame you. Um, I was uh, kind of in a situation where, you know, with all the COVID stuff going on, um, my job is in transition also with their contract. Uh, the good news is, is I'm just going to basically transfer and get paid from a new place. But um, I was kind of worried, like, if I don't act now, I might not act later. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if I have to go on unemployment for a few weeks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I saved my uh, Trump check. Uh, I didn't spend one dime of it. I just socked it away when I got it. So I decided to take the girls on a trip. I was contemplating going to Iowa, actually. that's That was my first choice because I, <laughs> I figured I could stay with Drew and they'd think his house is cool and we yeah. could play board games and do minor things there and save some money. But uh, deep down, I know they also wanted to go see the ocean. So then I was like, I'll take them down to Galveston or somewhere in Texas. And then I think it was Jennifer said something like, you don't want to do that if you're going to take them, go to Florida. And um, so I was gonna go to alabama and then i found an airbnb because of you guys talking about airbnb so much uh that i found one just inside florida on the west side of uh, pensacola so we were barely in florida but we were in florida but you can actually say you're in florida so that's something right so uh yeah so we went we traveled down there uh first night as soon as we got into the state of louisiana about 10 to 20 miles uh rock flew up and chipped my windshield <laughs> wow. and i was well, like well this trip just cost me an extra 500 bucks that's um, not that much that was sunday uh that same night when we stayed in mississippi about 3 30 a.m the fire alarm went off so we had to evacuate the building we were on the fourth floor <laughs> and um uh, you know the kids you know first they thought it was fake and i said well you gotta act like it's real so mm -hmm. put your shoes on if you can find your phone and your wallet grab those and let's go but at least your shoes on and let's hit the door and they had everything put up in a good manner so they grabbed those things and we went outside and they were kind of worried come to find out somebody there really was a fire there was a girl and a guy that i guess was arguing and she got pissed off at him and threw his clothes on the bed and started a fire Oh, well, that's lovely. <laughs> um, management didn't tell us that, but I managed to find workers there. <laughs> and a few times I was stuck in the elevator with them. And I was like, man, that's crazy that somebody <laughs> faked the fire alarm last night. And they were like, that's not what I heard. And so I got some information. Out the of whole it. leading question. Well, yeah. this is, that's like the internet's law. Just put out the wrong answer and someone will yep. correct it. Yep. And, um, so we were out of the hotel from like four, you know, three thirty four to almost five o'clock. Yeah, geez. Um, outside in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, then let's see. That Monday we get to Florida after going to various little shops on the way because uh, we only had like a three hour drive Monday because we drove so much the day before. Um, Went to some cool shops. I'll talk about those in shout outs. Let's see. I got my car stuck in the sand because I saw these other people pulled over and I was like, this must be good. And then I drove on some sand and I got stuck and I thought, well, I'm going to have to now get somebody to bail me out. Yeah. Like a tow truck. And some guys walked over and they were already really stuck. And I mean, really stuck. They had a big old truck that, you could barely see the wheels. And oh, wow. said, we're waiting for a tow truck, but over here is uh, like a harder area. We're going to push you up there and then you need to follow this path out. And I was like, okay. 
So I listened to them. We saw the beach that night and waited and we got out of there fine. Um, we had a beautiful place. It's called like a tree house, like little Airbnb house with just the top floor. Hmm. It was really good. Um, we got a really good special on that. I guess it was normally like $200 a night. And I assume since we were needing it for Monday through Thursday morning, nobody else had booked it. So they had it marked down to like 110 bucks or something. That's nice. So yeah. It was really nice. It had like two real bedrooms. It had like a screened in porch. All it made me do is like think of like, man, you know how that one Blood Bowl trip, it was me, you, Tim Lyons, Chance, Drew, and we all we had that like little yeah uh, what was it a fancy hotel suite with the, with the extra rooms yeah yeah it was like a better version of that and i just thought of like man all the guys should load up and come down here and let's play board games all for like four or five days um next day we went over to east side of i guess the east side of pensacola it was really only like 20 miles away but it took 45 minutes to get to that side uh, kids wanted to shop because they had their, they've been saving their birthday money and stuff for something. So yeah. now was the time. Um, we hit the beach there for about 15, 20 minutes to wait around. And I took them to a few surf shops. We ate, we came back, we hit a few comic shops, and we went to the beach that night. This was Tuesday night. Okay. Um, beach was fairly nice, except my old feet don't like walking on sand at all um you i figured that out the, what's that you didn't wear your flip-flops i did wear my flip-flops but man beach sand is like tribbles it just multiplies <laughs> yeah yeah um so i did at one of the surf shops i bought some ten dollar like beach shoes that were like made out of like neoprene and rubber mm -hmm. and i thought even if i throw these away it's worth the 10 bucks yeah so, sure I got some of those. We went down to the beach. I even bought an expensive um, glass um, strap so I could kind of wear my glasses in the ocean. Oh, okay. I plan on going deep, but right. I want to see things because I can't see anything. And it's the, the freaking ocean, right? And I mm -hmm. have my kids there. Um, the waves were fairly choppy. There was like a yellow flag warning, you know, wind or whatever. And I was up to... I was fine for about 45 minutes. I even got on Task Force Geek and talked to those guys just briefly from the beach. And then um, I wanted to show my kids how you can kind of ride a wave in. And I was up <laughs> to about just over my knees, probably. Not, I wasn't up to my waist, that's for sure. Yeah. And this wave came up and I just kind of went with it. And it kind of knocked my glasses and glass strap up on my head some. And by the time I reached up to get it, which was not even a second another wave hit me so it was like back-to-back -back bigger waves <sighs> and they were freaking gone dude i mean instantly gone just instantly gone and um i my friend robert henry um he came with us on this trip and i mainly brought him just to be like if my blood pressure goes crazy <laughs> if i choke on uh you know a, a crab cake or something Somebody can drive my kids somewhere. I never thought I was going to lose my glasses in the damn ocean. Right, but that's why you have a backup, just in case. So I had a backup plan, and it luckily worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was funny. I, got, I lost my glasses in the ocean, and he took maybe one step further in the water, because he didn't like the water anyways, mm -hmm. and just tried to look around, and I thought, well, we're <laughs> never going to find him then. Um, yeah, it was it was useless, because the, the waves are so much, it wasn't that clear that day. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I told my story on task force geek and they laughed at me and cause I went back into the show cause I had nothing else to do since I couldn't see. Makes sense. Uh, kids had a blast. We stayed out there till it got really dusk. Uh, we left. Um, luckily I know my buddy Gary, who, uh, is kind of a, a semi big wig at the, it, at my eye doctor that I've gone to since I was a kid. Um, I called him up and he said, I'll hook you up in the next day. And he found us a place. We went that morning. It was not the greatest eyeglass place. Like I got two pairs of eyeglasses for a hundred bucks. So that's good. Jeez. Yeah. But they're the plastic kind. I couldn't get one pair. 
I was like, how about if it's going to take four hours for two pair, how about I just get one pair and come back in like three hours? They're like, <laughs> no, you had to take two. I was like, I just need one so I can see. Um, but I took two and I didn't have much choices on frames because I got a big fat head and I didn't want to spend a lot of money. So see, that's why I have a pair of prescription sunglasses now. Yeah, well, but I've never used them. Right. They tried to talk me into that. Um, then after that, wasting time, I probably had one of the best meals that we had on the whole trip. It was at a place called Crabs over in um, Pensacola because yeah. we were on that side of Pensacola. So we kind of went in the same area to waste time and hit another comic shop that wasn't open that Tuesday. Um, got the glasses, went back. We relaxed just for a little bit. Kids wanted to go back to the beach. And now I have an extra pair of glasses. So I'm thinking I'm wearing my glasses into the ocean again because I have not learned my lesson. Right. <laughs> well, at this point, um, you do have backup. So it did have another wind warning thing. So like the yellow flag was out there and the waves were fairly choppy and stuff again. Uh, we went down there and right off the bat, I walk into the water and I'm no more than maybe a foot in and I notice movement. And I was like, what is moving? <laughs> It was stingrays. Huh. This is the same area we went to the night before, or it, and even the day before, almost the exact same area the, the first night when we went wading. Um, there were stingrays, and you could see them fairly well. Like, you could see their little fins moving back and forth, and their long little tails. And um, I was like, that's cool. But immediately the kids were like, I'm fine with letting the water come up to us and us just digging for seashells. Um so it was probably we, a devil ray since it was Tampa. Well, it wasn't as Pensacola. Well, Tampa is. Yeah. 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 Um, then we saw a jellyfish, a little one. I yeah. mean, it was maybe the size of a plastic cup or something. So we were like, well, shit, now we got to really worry about getting stung. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we only saw like one of those for a while. And then kids were playing around and at one point i walk out so i wanted to kind of go into the ocean because you're there sure even though it's like a disgusting piss pool of all life for like the last four billion years mm -hmm. it's really it's really gross really yeah it's nothing but uh, poop. <laughs> it's just dead seashells and weird things anyways i see this darker area and i'm thinking like why is that darker than this area and I take a step towards there and I break up this like grouping of smaller stingrays. So I guess like baby stingrays. Huh. And I mean, I don't think I'm exaggerating saying there had to be at least 20 there. They just kind of fluttered apart like little birds, Yeah. but in the ocean. And I was like, wow, we got a lot of active life today. <laughs> and there was little fish in there, that area. Um, at one point we were, the girls were, sitting on the beach and wakeland gets up and she's like dad my arm burns and i'm like what do you mean and she's like no it kind of like it's like a burning sensation and we checked and she got stung by a jellyfish hmm. uh another one that we didn't spot must have kind of washed up yeah and once that she's like am i you know do i have to go to the doctor or something i was like no you're gonna be fine and she's like oh well then take a picture because i want to at least tell my <laughs> friends <laughs> ah yes modern society Am I going to yeah. die? No, you're good. Okay, take a photo. Yep. So we took some photos and she had to text her cousins. So we did that. Um, it was hard for me to get them to get into the ocean to take a few pictures before we left because they were worried about the stingrays and more jellyfish. Yeah. Um, there was a bird out there that I fed. Um, I don't know what kind of bird that thing is, like an ingrid or something, but somebody like left a some heron, I think. What's that? I think it was a heron. Okay. Whatever it was, it, it let us get within about 10 to 8 feet of it. And then it, somebody must have left some bait, like fish pieces of bait or something, mm -hmm. in this package that we found. And so, like, I was taking those and feeding him, and he was pretty happy about that. Um, let's see. What else do we do? So then... Uh, Beach is not too crowded? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sum all that up after I okay. finish the the trip that always had some incident in it. Um, <laughs> Thursday, we load up, we come back. Um, we we ran into two things 
two palomino bugs. If you don't know what that is, those are big, giant cockroaches, I guess, that eat palomino trees in Florida or in okay. that area. They are gross and disgusting and huge because I saw it clear as day when I didn't have my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily, Robert killed those when they got into the house. But um, Thursday morning, we got up, we pack up, we leave, we're coming back. We take a little bit d different route. We go further on the um, south coast um, up or up the southeast coast, uh, just a different route back. We get into Louisiana. About 10 to 20 miles in, another rock hits my windshield, <laughs> and I get the second chip in my car windshield. Doesn't cost um, any more at that point, I guess. Yeah, so I was not real happy about that. Um, Could you at least see? Yeah, I mean, they were both little chips, so that's the good news. Uh, we make it to Texas. We make it to town called tyler texas and the girls were just tapped out they were tired so we stayed the night there uh, i think robert would have pushed on if i would have let him we were about five hours out yeah but it was seven o'clock and like i said everybody was tired so we stayed the night had no problem sleeping uh slept in came home and there was that i mean it was uh fairly expensive because i you know when you're on these trips you justify spending money by saying like oh well, i'm only in florida once and yep. this and that uh we did buy groceries though so we had like breakfast and lunch at our little cabin thing oh, okay um that keeps costs down for sure yeah and then when we did eat out uh you know it was almost like 20 dollars a person so therefore yeah and we we tried appetizers so we made up for it <laughs> we did eat out sure um um, it was fun and cool. I wish probably we could have stayed for just one more day. I mean, the day we kind of lost was having to go get my glasses and then waste time to get my glasses back. Right. And, and that day was going to be just going to the beach and lounging around. It probably saved us like excruciating sunburn. But other than that, you know, still wasn't too bad. So. Well, that's good. I'm glad you had fun. Anyways, I know that's really long, but that, that sums up my trip. The kids got to see the ocean. They got to spend some of their money that dad makes them save all the time when they get money. Right. And we made it back. Good. So um, to sum up everything, I've had several people while I was on my trip text me um, from other countries saying, hey, man, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I be okay? <laughs> and they were like, well, they're broadcasting a civil war over here. And I was like, um, I'm in Florida, and I took my whole trip down to Florida, and I ran into one protest, and that was in Hattiesburg. There's a university there. I think it was Southern Miss or something. And there were some college students, but it wasn't violent at all. They just had their signs. No, it was the, maybe 10 to 20. There's not many violence. There's not much violence going on. That's always going to I happen mean, with any type of protest, but for um, the sheer number of people protesting, it's not violent at all. Right. I mean, we're, we're having protests in Oklahoma City that got violent, but no, we're not near that area, luckily. No, really. And I made it all the way to Florida and back. I didn't see any violence no, at all. Um, as for people wearing masks, um, where we, I made the kids wear their mask into stores. Uh, we stopped in a Bucky's gas station in Alabama. I think we were the only people with masks in that store. The people in Alabama act like it's over. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever they want to do, that's fine. Um, we wore a mask into the surf shops and shopped. The restaurants really actually did a good job. We tried to eat at places where we could eat out on the porch, you know, so more fresh air and stuff. Yeah. But they spaced us out quite a bit. Um, the beaches on, I think it's called Pensacola Beach, where we visited, those were fairly crowded, but not still to the extreme that I saw on social media. So I don't know if those were fake pictures. Uh, people just were different still areas. Yeah. It could be just different areas. Um, you still, I still would have felt safe going to that beach and swimming all day. It okay. wasn't that crowded. Where we went to the beach... Um, we actually went to, it was in the state park and it cost us a few bucks to park. Um, there was a public access, 
Uh, we tried that the last night we were there. Wakeland felt like there was too many people on the beach, even though it was about a, about six groupings of people. So we went ahead and went down to a mile or two down and went to the state park and park paid to park again. And we went out there and there was like three groupings of people plus us. So I thought I would just, if they wanted to play it super safe, I thought that's all I've been training them to do anyway. So I might as well. So we played it safe. Um, They felt way more comfortable, all that. So I went on a trip too, kind of. You you did. So first time I've been out of the house in months, um, I went down to Dallas to take my licensing test for life and health. So how'd that go? Um, I th- thought I was going to get like a 70 something and ended up getting a 91. So wow. that was awesome. See, but, Steve, you're way smarter than you give yourself credit for. No, I think I'm pretty smart. I just got lucky. Um, but <laughs> they were all, you know, very respectful. You know, everyone had masks on in the area. So had no problems with that. And then when I went over to my brother's and picked up the smoker there, you know, I wore the mask because my sister-in-law is immunocompromised. So as not to spread anything with them, even though I'm sure I'm safe, but, you know, better safe than sorry. Sure. Um, But yeah, picked up the smoker and came back and almost died because it was really hot when I put the smoker in the van. But when I took it out, Venon was helping and... I was in the van and I overexerted myself and it was super humid. I didn't realize how humid it was. So like my body just was like, nope, we're done. I don't know. (laughs) Remember that time we were trying to put in the air conditioner in the garage? Mm -hmm. Basically like that. Wow. It's like, okay, got to take my pants off, take off the shirt, sit under under a fan with some ice water. I'm just going to do this for about 30 minutes. Yeah. So Florida, I told the girls, like, be prepared. It's going to be a lot more humid. Yeah. And it was, but it wasn't until Thursday when we were packing up the car. It was so humid. I took a shower, ate breakfast. I didn't even get to the stairs of our treehouse place before I started pouring buckets of sweat. It was so humid. Mm -hmm. And both the girls were like, it is so much hotter today than normal, dad. And I'm like, this is just humidity. Because it was like 81 degrees and full of humid. Jeez. Yeah. I hate hate humidity. But. So. Oh, well. Well, I mean, that's our, our Blood Bowl podcast wrapped up here. <laughs> and um, we appreciate you listening. Yeah. I'll come back next week and we'll actually talk about something Blood Bowl related. No. <laughs> I think our ratings are so bad right now. We need to probably talk some Blood Bowl. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Whoever's listening, we, we're glad. If not, whatever. I noticed the numbers were down a little bit, but I I think it's because everybody's routine is messed up. Oh, yeah. Like if you normally listen to stuff driving to work, you're not going to by sitting at home working. That was my issue is I started listening to podcasts on the way to work and nope, doesn't happen now. Yeah. So I'll listen to them before bed, but that's not the same. Yeah, you have more distractions now at home. But anyways, um, that sums up our life for like the last 10 to 15 days. Yeah, pretty much. So today we're actually going to be talking about something that I got back at the World Cup and something we've talked about, but we haven't gone in depth in because we just haven't had time. It is Le Pic. It is the Spike magazine for the Bretonians that Plasmoid made. Yeah, so let's take a quick break and let's come back and talk about Le Pic. Is that the Spike? Yeah. In oh, okay. French. <laughs> awesome. Scott Prime here. Just wanted to let everybody know Wizards Asylum Comics and Games in Norman is your go-to place during this crazy quarantine COVID-19 time period. Wizards Asylum is still doing mail orders for you guys. You can reach them at Wizards Asylum Comics and Games in Norman on Facebook. You can also go to wizardsnorman.com. Talk to Brian Alcorn. Have him send you some pictures of the products. He'll wrap them up get them ready to ship for you so you can have something fun to do while you're sitting at home.
All right, let's take a look at Le Peak issue 1.1. So I actually have the physical copy because I was awesome enough to get one in person from Plasmoid at the World Cup. It's, and I, I am looking at the digital copy, which I will put a link up in the show notes. Yeah, and it's really, overall, it's just awesome that they took the time to do this. But we're just going to treat this like a regular Spike magazine and then talk about it all together at the end. So, Steve, do they have other ones of this? No, this is the only one. Okay, okay. If there is, I haven't seen it. It would be cool to have more of this, but this is a lot of work, obviously. Could you sum up for... To everybody, like, who Plasmoid is? So, Plasmoid, a lot of people might know, might see him on Fumble or other places. I don't know if he plays Blood Bowl 2 or anything. But his main claim to fame that most people will know about is he has a website, obviously. And then also, he's done the narrow-tiered Blood Bowl system, where instead of the three tiers, it's, what, five, I think? Yeah, it's something like that, and he's gone through, and they've... Him and I guess a group of people, and I mean a lot of people, have like really play tested this out. Um, and honestly, I I don't know much about it, but I did a while. You know, we've been doing this so long. When I first saw it, I thought it was really good, and I would really like to adopt that because he kind of changes, tweaks things a little bit to make stuff a little bit better. And I thought it was really well thought out, and I just kind of forgot it all because it's well, not what we currently do. I think I think that's been out for. I mean, Ever. seven, eight years yeah. from what I know, if not longer. I mean, I remember it a long time ago, too, probably right when we first started the podcast. And yeah, I know I've read it, but I don't feel like right now I could tell you about specific things. No. It's really kind of like narrowing the gap to make kind of teams all a little bit more balanced. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they change a little bit, I think, with the, the stunties and stuff like that. And it's some good stuff. It's interesting to read. Um, so let's get into this Spike magazine or Le Peak. Um, so, so first thing, it does have a lot of awesome original art. So the cover is by Andres Romero, mm -hmm. which is a Rome cover illustration. And it says chivalry and faith and 30 pages of free and unofficial content. And as you can tell by the look and the name, this is very French oriented. So, Bretonia sure. is where France is in the real world. So, it does deal a lot from that. Um, page two has the Brotherhood. It, it's kind of just like the Spike magazines. This would be the inside cover. It shows a custom-built Bretonian team by Brendan Smith. I believe that's the Brendan Smith from our area because I think I've played against this team. Yes, it is. Yeah. And yes, you have. Yeah, I thought, I thought it looked familiar when I first saw this, and I was like, that looks like a team I played against, and then I saw it was by Brendan Smith. And then it has Force Major, um, the Florence Knights, produced by Grebo Games, and commissioned and painted by uh, PaintedFigs.com. So another cool little Bretonian team that kind of looks like the team that you have in some way. Some of the models with the hats and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, I guess at some point, either I'm going to have to break down and buy a Bretonian team or just paint one of my extra humans as Bretonians. That'd probably be the smartest, yeah. smarter thing. But we all like buying stuff. Of so. course. Yeah, I found a really cool Spanish team that I really wanted to get for a Bretonian team one time. But it was expensive, so I didn't do that. I'm getting to the point where, like, I don't even know if I'm going to get any more stuff painted. Because it's just like, you're almost 50, dude. You're not going to be playing this stuff forever. Well, it helps if we actually play in person. We'll see well, how that goes. True. That's true. We're so, probably a month or so away from maybe trying that. Yeah. We'll see. Um, starts off with greeting sports fans. It's like a uh, commentary from the editors with a table of content. Um, pretty good stuff there. Um, page, let's see, I think I'm on page four here. Is that noblesse oblige? I, I I shouldn't be the guy talking <laughs> fr French because I cannot do it. Uh, faking French is hard, so I understand. But it does have a really cool map. and I love this. Yes. I, I truly love this, and I really hope that somebody from GW or somebody who knows somebody in GW listens to this podcast and maybe actually 
take some notes like on some good things here. I love this map. It's showing you like a region. It's showing you some main cities and castles and uh, areas. So if you were trying to be fluffy and come up with a Blood Bowl team name, you could do that by just picking one of these things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought this was really cool. And it really, really made me want them to do this for the regular Spike magazines. Yeah, that would be awesome. This is one thing that if they put in the regular Spikes, I'd be very happy about. Or if they just put out a whole Spike that was nothing but maps. That was like one of my favorite things from the DC role-playing game. Is I have oh, the yeah. DC role-playing Atlas. And just being able to see all the different cities and where they fit and what's in them. It's dumb, I, I, but I like it. No, I... I totally agree with you. I think it's very useful and it really puts across that you're, I mean, that's what role-playing games are about, right? You know, right. you get a D and D book and it has some maps of areas and you go, Oh, I make my, my group go this way and I can explore these mountains and things like that. Cause I have visual guides. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think this is tremendous. It's a great idea. And I hope that GW steals this from these guys. Yeah. I really do. So it goes into a lot of the fluff, and a lot of the fluff, I don't know if, you know, who made it, or if they found it somewhere or whatever, but uh, it's very cool. Essentially, it's talking about, it's pretty much that these are Arthurian knights. They're searching for the grail. That's their, their sacred deities, the Lady of the Lake, all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. But then they find Blood Bowl, and they get their butt beat, and then defa- decide, they see a vision from the Lady of the Lake saying go and get these trophies that's that's a holy quest so getting a trophy is the same as finding the grail so now it's become a holy pursuit for them yeah that's their new motivation and i think it it fits very well so let me be way honest on this i shouldn't have had this like idea i think at the time i didn't want to read a new spike magazine (laughs) yeah because i was just busy but uh, at first i thought Whatever fluff they have, it can't be very good. It's just <laughs> gonna be. It's just gonna be okay. Right. And that's no knock on them, but I I doubt I get impressed. I guess is my attitude coming into this, and um, I really really enjoyed this just as much as I love the other Spike magazines. Yeah. Um, it made me, even though I played Bretonian teams twice in tournaments, it really made me want to like maybe own a team and expand and like you know come up with more personalities besides just my tournament team and you know expand on the background and stuff as well so yeah and it does like i said it does a really good job of tying the mythos into the game and giving them a reason to play the game and it has some nice artwork by it says uh newt rockney or whatever nut rockney right not rocky i guess i assume this is just a pun name of somebody's artwork sure Um, but it's awesome but the artwork is really nice um it breaks down positions of the bretonian blitzers uh your squires your peasant linemen Mm -hmm. and like i said it has some of the artwork and stuff in there and it gives a lot of character to them as well yeah for sure i mean the visuals are super nice to see um on page seven it goes just like the spike magazines it goes to the famous bretonian teams and here it mentions it mentions several of these uh, famous teams, and it even includes the Bright Crusaders. So I love that they took this new kind of, it's not really a new race, but it's a, a new faction in Blood Bowl. Even though I'm not so sold on Bretonians being needed, but I love how they worked in the Bright Crusaders. Because mm-hmm. the Bright Crusaders in second edition were the guys who didn't cheat, and they were on this holy quest, and, you know, it fits Bretonians perfectly and they kind of include them here. And maybe that was one of my, I mean, maybe that's what hooked me. Cause I'm and like, it even plays oh. into the fact like, you know, they existed before Bretonia, but you know, blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah. I mean, they say like, we're not sure if they really can qualify, but you know, they're heavily inspired. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It says right here. Uh, it remains unclear whether the bright crusaders are actually a Bretonian team or not. Founded well before Blood Bowl came to Bretonia in 2471. And then it goes on to just talk about, you know, how they act and everything they do on the field and their nobility. Says they're a Bretonian team. So, exactly. Um, it, the teams they, they talk here, and I'm probably going to butcher these names, is the 
Jisaru Longheart, Lionhearts, I mean, uh, Gaskar Truebloods, the Paravon Penetrators, the Bright Crusaders, and the Mussolini Overlords, which I'm assuming is a pun on the, like, Mussolini being an overlord? I have no idea. You don't know? Okay, that might be an area or a pun city name that I don't know. Anyways. Sure, a lot of the stuff we're not going to get. Sure. All the teams, just like in the Spike magazines, because they usually give you, you know, three or four or five teams, Mm -hmm. and they all kind of have, like, this team's known for sucking really bad, this team's known for this, this team's known for that. These all have the same different personalities, too. So good job on that. And all the names feel really fluffy. Yeah, for sure. Um, Uh, Next up, we have the team roster. And again, some awesome art. Yeah, that's from Grebo. Yeah. They give credit to Grebo, too, so we're not Which is good. No. Uh, So it breaks down the roster, and then it tells the star players. And there's a lot of new star players, which, again, if these existed prior, I'm not aware. They probably did, but I don't know. Yeah, they list, like, I'm assuming these are the eight that are in um, maybe Cyanide's version. Um, And then they have uh, five new ones. Uh, we'll go over those as we get to their page because they have spotlights on those players. Sure. Um, then their squad highlight is the new Quinlan Saints. Is it my saying that? Quinnells? Quinnells. Quinnell sure. Saints. New Quinnell Saints. So I guess it's like the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. type thing. Um, it goes into their back history. It tells about the years and what they did those current years and the present um, it That's even has a cool did you know that talks about uh, Prince Moranian who actually played for the Bretonian teams and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of a cool little yeah. thing they put in there. And they then, even have fluff written with the Doom Lords in it. So I like that too. And then the next page actually has one of the cool things that we've been liking from the Spike. Oh, it's a team of legend. The, yeah. GW needs a whole book of these teams of the legends. They really do. Not reprinting all those other <laughs> ones. They could, but they could, you know, give us new teams of legend. I think that'd be really fun. So um yeah, it goes through the whole team. Uh, I think it's almost a two million gold piece team. Yeah. Yeah. And it has their own oath too. Yeah, it has their oath. Uh you can see their naming conventions, the the, which I thought, found was actually interesting. They they list the knights or the blitzers, Sir Lewis Joseph the Stag, and player number two is his squire. And then you have Sir Marcel Philip the Bear and player number four right under the roster. Like when I, if I would have made this roster up, one through four would have been the knights, and then the squires or yeomen would be you know. Right. Five through eight. I think it was interesting that they put the knights and the squires together to represent, like, you're my assistant and you're following me around. So I thought that was kind of neat, actually. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then the the linemen or the peasants, they just have uh, one name. I I thought that was kind of cool. Let's see. On page 11... It depends. I guess your book, it's page nine. I'm yeah. looking at the digital file. That's why I was letting you say all the pages. So oh, Okay. <laughs> um, this is really cool artwork, too. This is by Louis Zamudo from artstation.com. It is a picture of, and I'm going to let you butcher that name. Jules de Bergerac. Yeah, you're going to say his name from on. So he is a star player, Grail Blitzer for 320 gold pieces, 6439. He has Block, Catch, Dauntless, Juggernaut, Loner, Mighty Blow, Multi-Block. So. Not bad. No, I I liked his little origin story. You know, like why he went into freebooting and stuff like that. And we don't want to ruin most of this. You know, we'll ruin Spike somewhat. But, you know, you can go online. You can look at this for yourself. And we really do recommend that you actually do look at it. Because if you ever do play a Bretonian team, this just adds so much to it. Yeah, and like I said, they. What I found interesting is like with this, uh, this Jean or Jules de Bergerac or whatever, you know, they didn't just take the like five teams that they already made up in one section. 
you know, he plays for a different team. He plays for the Black Mountain Kings. Um, I mean, they could have just stuck to like the four or five teams that they already had just based off their fluff over that. So yeah. they really took a wide approach. And I think that's really wonderful. Yeah, it really flushes out the world. Um, let's see. Uh, my page 14 is a star player spotlight. And I immediately, <laughs> there's some artwork on this page. And before I see who did it, I was like, God, it really looks like Pete's artwork. And it is Pete's artwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is Leo Ignis. Am I saying that right? Yep. Means This guy has a, a really cool backstory. In the fact that, like, he's a player who got injured, who went away. Um, the elves took him in. You know, the, the wood elves from Athlorn took him in healed this dude up and he came back and now he's like the flaming lion i guess is right what he's known for and he has like wild animal and he wears a mask and there's a miniature of him that i'm assuming is also from grebo games yeah that's where um pete did the work for that miniature is amazing Mm -hmm. it really is like that whole team (laughs) from grebo is really awesome yeah if you haven't owned a team and you're not 50 like me maybe you should <laughs> near 50 maybe you should invest and buy a bretonian team they are fun really, they are and we can talk a little bit more about it, it the same player it goes for a couple pages it talks about his career highlights uh, even has he's his. eight four three eight with block catch dauntless loner claw frenzy shadowing tackle wild animal what I like about this is, I mean, I know he's, he's this real blitz. What's yeah. that? He's what, 290? Well, he is expensive, but some of his skills at first you say, like, shadowing's useless. But he has eight movement. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of feels, and maybe this is just for me, because I, when I, like, play a war dancer, <laughs> a wood elf, I like to have one of them with frenzy and tackle. And so immediately this resonated with me as him being trained by the wood elves oh. to kind of have this aggressiveness. That like makes a sense. Warding. Yeah. Now, I know that's probably really not the intent here. No, probably is since he but was, that's, he is the flaming re- lion of Athel Loren and he was taken in by the elves. So that makes sense. Because if you give me a choice and I can put two skills on war dancers, I have one with frenzy and tackle, you know, most of the time. Hmm. While another one might have sidestep and you know tackle or something. So this immediately stood out to me as like, oh, it's so obvious. He was trained by the wood elves. Yeah. But anyways, it's really neat. Um I don't mean this a knock on the other writers at Spike, but I found a few of these star players' backgrounds. It, maybe a little bit more interesting and maybe it's because we don't really know a whole lot about bretonians yeah that does probably help i mean yeah so it's maybe fresher mm-hmm. instead of like the third or fourth you know introduction to dwarves or <laughs> humans or orcs or whatever yeah so um, starting yeah. on the next page we got the questing for the grail which is just a really great breakdown of how to play the team and it yes, goes on one, for a long time. This was the last thing I read because I knew the other fluffy parts were more important to me. And I came back to this today, actually. It actually made some crazy statistical points that I never would have thought of. Um, I don't know if you remember some of these. Um, they were just talking about how it's so important to like use your Dauntless. Uh, like, here's one. If, you, if you're a Blitzer... If your blitzer is soloing a four strength player and you've just rolled a one for Dauntless, re-rolling Dauntless will make your turnover on the block a 19% of the time, while keeping the re-roll for the actual block will keep cut that in half with a real chance of keeping your re-roll. If you got a single assist, then rolling re-rolling Dauntless will turn over 5% of the time, while keeping the re-roll again will cut the risk in half. There's statistics written all in here of like, yeah, it's almost almost better to do a two die block with this character than dodging away, yeah. Because the statistics show that it's just better for you. And 
I'm not a good statistics guy, so this is not three that block. Those guys are better than that than me. Right. I said that. But them putting the numbers in here, we never got that before in Spike magazine. Well, no. That I rec- recognize. And also, they go in depth on how to progress further than just the beginning, how to make it for a tournament, and all that. So mm-hmm. it really goes into a lot more depth than the regular Spikes ever did. Yeah, it sure did. And they even had like, kind of like, if I have a choice, this is how I do my starting defense. You know, mm-hmm. and if you might not like this, but here's my theory on why. And I don't know. I just thought it was a, it was a good perspective. I don't know. It just felt different. Yeah. And may, maybe it is just different because maybe a different person wrote these than what we It's for sure different. Like I said, it goes much more in depth and has more information. So. Um, yeah, like you said, it goes into the NAF tournament builds at different like values. Um, and it goes into all these developments and what star players are good for them and stuff. It, it was very, very, very interesting. It even broke down like what, you know, if you take the strength plus one, if you take this and the mm-hmm. MA and all this stuff. So very interesting. Well done on their part. Um, after that. He, We've got lesser-known Bretonian star players. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline de Rochelle. Uh, yeah. Willem Toilet. Toilet. Who knows? And Joseph Cotier. Cotier. Yeah, I, was, I was wondering if William Toilet or to- whatever. Toilet. Was supposed to be <laughs> William Toilet. But I thought maybe there's a joke here. Like Could be. I have no idea. Um, so after that, and again, a lot of good art by a lot of different people. But my favorite thing that I wish every Spike had, sideline assistance. And yes. it breaks down every single inducement you can take for the team. Yes. And that's just I amazing. Even as far as saying, here's a, merc- here's a mercenary, I can't even say it, mercenary lineman, here's the cost. You know, here's and is a it- skilled mercenary blitzer, here's the cost. And is it available in Blood Bowl 2? Is it available at NAF, on Tabletop, etc., etc.? This was really, really cool. And I know we're never going to see this in a GW magazine, but no. man, I would like an online resource with this stuff on there so we could print it off. Yeah, it's probably um, out there, but if it's not, someone make those and let us know. Steve, can we back up just one page before we go further? Sure. I want to talk about Joseph Cotier, okay. who is the zombified peasant. I love this player so much. <laughs> he uh, he has Finn, Foul Appearance, Loner, Regeneration, and Thick Skull. He's only 110K. And when I saw this guy, I was like, this looks like some goofy guy that I would make up for one of our tournaments. <laughs> like, he's not great, <laughs> but I'm going to make a team and play with him for enough a week. Yeah, and for that price, you can't go wrong. And I like him so much. He might, if we have enough will win this year, he might be one of the players you can take. So got no problem with that. I just thought it was interesting that they came up with a, a zombified player to make him just slightly different, you know, than the rest. Yeah. You, this isn't a team that you would think would get a zombie, but there he is. And he only plays for Batonia teams. So I found that interesting too. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, going back to the new inducement, I'll let you talk about the enchantress. Yeah, so just like all the other spikes where they get a wizard, here you have an enchantress. And it's the lady in the lake. It's 150. It does two things. Um, one's a blessing. Start at the beginning of any of your turns. Roll d6. On a one, nothing. On two or higher, all the blitzers gain the pro skill until the current drive ends. And That's the, pretty cool. Yeah. And then irrepressible spirit... Again, beginning of the round, one, nothing, two or higher. All your blitzers may ignore any stunned injury inflicted on them. And it ends I, until the current drive ends. So essentially, I, it's just casting on your blitzers only, which is really I, neat. I think it's a little expensive for what it does, but without seeing it in action, yeah, I have no reference. But I think it's really cool. It only affects those blitzers or those knights out there because they're the only ones who are worthy i know I, and that's what i like about it so much mm-hmm. i think it's really cool 
that, but it's only going to affect four of your players. But man, that stunned injury thing could be like super amazing. Yeah, and if you're receiving the ball, why not? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt, but it is kind of expensive. And you're right. Who knows how long a drive is actually going to last? But for good players who know how to handle the ball, drives last a lot longer than they last for us. I guess if you were in control, you know, mm -hmm. like you were receiving the ball, you could potentially have this for eight turns. And that'd yeah. be pretty amazing. So. Exactly. Like I said, I haven't seen it in action. It feels a little expensive for only four players, but it is for four players and it's pretty badass. So, um, I actually like this next section. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. I guess they couldn't do like chat with a rat or talking to Mindy Pie Whistle or whatever right. her name is. Windy Pie Whistle. I like these better. Um, I actually found these very interesting. These are called round table, round table, round tables <laughs> in the pick. Uh, they asked five accomplished Bretonian coaches to give their thoughts and advice on how to get the most from their Bretonian team. And without getting into this, they just they tell you who they're talking to, they tell you their accomplishments, and then they talk for one or two paragraphs to kind of sum up their thoughts on teams. And they're not all the same. That's what I loved about it. They all yeah. had different reasons for loving these teams. And it's great to see more distinct voices instead of just the one coming out. You know, this is how we should do it. Sure. And that's not a knock on, is it, you know, who's writing most of the GW stuff? Is that Joe Manji? No idea. For they don't like, tell us. Well, I kind of tell you in the like strategy thing. Like, oh, the strategy guys. Yeah, that changes every time. But it was nice just to get different points of views. And mm -hmm. this was really neat. It was like two pages of five different points of views and why they like them and what they don't like about them. And then we got uh, page 29. We got a little cartoon uh, by Tyler Reeves. Lord Chaos. Uh, from Lord Chaos, which was cute. He does Thunderbolt yeah. comics. So you can look at Thunderbolt, Blood Bowl League's Facebook page and see more there. It's no Pete, but you know. Nothing's no, what beat. it reminds me of is <laughs> Knights of the Dinner Table art. Yeah, it does, really. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, I own not. a lot of those. So, um, then page 30 has um, designer notes and thanks. And he goes into just thanking people and talking about the idea for this and acknowledgments. Um, page 31 or 29, if you have the physical copy. This is my only thing I don't like about this team, about this whole thing. And I'm going to make somebody mad at me, but <laughs> they have uh, some more miniatures and they're super nicely painted, but this one's called twice nightly, which I know is a pun name and I cannot give it both down approved. <laughs> uh, this was painted by uh, Drew Danger Galloway and the miniatures are for Norba miniatures. <clears throat> I'm just not into super pun names without, you know, a region, city, or whatever. So I understand. I, I get it. It's just not for me. Now, I do like for a pun name the Monfort Pythons. That's a good one. A, That's how you do a, it. It's a good play on the Monty Pythons. And this is a, I guess, it's a quest for the Holy Grail Blood Bowl actual team, right? Yeah. Produced by a Hungry Troll. Mm hmm. This was painted by Juan Wilkie Lazaro. It came out a while ago. Okay, I don't remember this. Yeah, it was the whole Monty Python team. I'm sure we might have even talked about it, but I just don't remember it. But yeah, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking like, yeah, why didn't we think of like, if you're going to do it, do a Monty Python team. Um, and then the last page just has some more artwork by Andres Romero in black and white. And that kind of uh, wraps up Le Pick. Very awesome. I, Glad we finally got around to it. And really do recommend you guys go out and look at it. Um, I got to admit, like I said, I wasn't crazy to do this. Maybe just with my attitude as of late. I'm glad you said, no, we need to cover this the next episode. And um, it was very enjoyable. I highly recommend if you like to read the Spike Magazine's to read this you're going to enjoy this just as much mm -hmm. for sure uh, if not more um i if you're from gw or you know somebody from gw and you're listening to this podcast and you can whisper in their ear 
maybe take some of these things i mean the map was really nice map would be awesome um some different points of view for fluff and stuff there's there's people out there that love fluff and we'd love to help and there's people out there i, mean, I love the fluff and you might come to me for ideas but i'm not a great writer but yeah there's somebody out there who's really good at the fluff and can write well and they're here so really cool if you're going to play some bretonians whether on um you know your video games or fumble or or even live in person you might read this over really good in the, the strategy department yeah and then bust them out on blood bowl 2 is that where they're at blood bowl 2 yeah corn was blood bowl 1 oh okay what's where's the uh leaping russians that's just that's well, blood bowl 2 now too i think oh okay but yeah that was just what they call it keyslive yeah okay well we're going to wrap this up and then we're going to come back with some shout outs and end this podcast thanks for sending it this this way plasmoid okay we're back for the final part of the podcast which is also known as shout outs Les shout outs. <laughs> oh man, I missed the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Les shout outs. <laughs> God. Uh, okay. So first off, thanks to Plasmoid again for and all of his crew, everyone involved with that. It was a great read. It's great to look at all around quality, quality stuff. Can't thank mm. you people enough. Very beautiful. Good job, fellas. Thank you, Steve, for suggesting that we do this right away and not putting it off like i probably would have and um it was really cool really fun yeah it uh, makes you it makes you want to play blood bowl which is what it's supposed to do right right yeah that's pretty much the idea <laughs> um i got a few shout outs here i want to talk about in-game engage gaming it looked like a kind of an old grocery store that was like our old walmart that moved on it was in somewhere, I think, in North Mobile, Alabama. It, we found it by accident, really. We were driving through this kind of what I thought was a small town, and we, the stoplight caught me, and Robert goes, there's a game shop right. We just passed it. And I was like, really? And we went ahead and turned around since we were right there. And it was a had big gaming area. It's like kind of the place you want to hold a big Blood Bowl tournament. Um if you follow me on Facebook, I posted pictures. If you're looking for a field or a team, they probably have it. They were <laughs> well-stocked in Blood Bowl stuff, and they said that they have a good-sized league going. So if you're in that area or you're an hour away drive or something because you need some Dark Elves or Wood Elves or something. Or if you're in I that league, let us know. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would actually be really cool too. Um, I think they had some VR machines. They had private rooms. Uh, neat neat store um, i'd also like to give out a shout out to tbs comics in pensacola florida um, they also had quite a few blood bowl stuff in stock and once i was talking to the gentleman he said that they also have a good size league going um and i guess have for years so there's places to play blood bowl if you're in that area and again if you're listening because you're from those areas you know, give us a holler and we'll I'd like to see if we know somebody that's playing in those areas. I'm almost gonna be mad like if I find out like three or four people I know were just, you know, twenty miles away from me while I was in Florida. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you were there with a the family, so well, that's true, that's true. But I still. get it. I um, wanna wanna give a shout out to Sir Lagsalot underscore Z A on Podbean. He actually left us a message on Podbean. It says great show guys. Oh, thank you. We don't often get comments on Podbean, and I haven't checked iTunes for a while, so. No, I haven't checked them either. Uh, shout out to Joe Roberts, um, our fellow Blood Bowler who does the Wayne Manor, what's it called? Wayne, Wayne Manor, Manor Memoirs. Memoirs. I was going to say recordings. Um, listen to some of his shows recently. Um, they do a good podcast. And, I enjoy it. And, and I was really mad that I waited so long to kind of listen in. Uh, we had him as a guest on Task Force Geek, him and his wife. She just wrote a book, um, believe it or not. 
and on Cthulhu, and it's over on Amazon. But um, I was listening to his episodes, and what it made me do is like, it, <laughs> I told him, I was like, me listening to your podcast made me wish our podcast was better. And he laughed and he said, you know, you're a lot of the inspiration behind our podcast, <laughs> you know, like, you know, we hear you guys and you guys are so good and we want to make our show better. And I was like, well, I had the opposite effect. <laughs> it, it was really fun. If you remember the, like the brave and the bold uh, series from Cartoon network, those are the episodes I liked the most. Mm-hmm. I was listening to kind of recap those and stuff. Really good stuff. It's a, it's a gem of a podcast. Um, it's one of the few that I'll still listen to. And it sounds good. I mean, it doesn't... That helps a lot. You know what I'm saying by when I say it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound like uh, our last few, you know. Uh, well, yeah, those are... <laughs> we got one more of those experimental episodes, and we might be done with those for a while. Um, also, shout out to... They did not have Blood Bowl stuff, but we went to a place called Mr. Comics on Pensacola, Florida. If you're into pops and older comics, they had a lot of that. There's a place called Covert Comics, also in Alabama. They had a lot of everything but gaming stuff. If you wanted an old model, you wanted old toys from the 90s or 80s or artwork or sealed issues, uh, the graded kind, they were there. Um, but they did not have any Tron stuff. The, none that I saw of. Um, the only bad thing was is they had a lot of cool stuff, but... A lot of it wasn't priced, so you say, "How much is this?" and they go look it up. And that's oh, let me go charge. look at eBay and yeah, yeah. And I'm not a fan of that. I get that because it's hard to keep up with stuff. Um, if we went to that store the last day, I would a lot of, bought a lot more stuff. But it was like you know on the way down there. Sure. So. But they had some cool stuff. I picked up a few uh, back issues and stuff like that. You can't resist uh, some good dollar comics. Um, also to kind of wrap up the story of my windshield, I want to give a shout out to this company called safe light. I believe is what they're called. They came out safe light repair and replace. Yeah. They came out and fixed my windshield, Steve. And I bet you, I'm going to bet you $20. You couldn't find both spots of where they fixed it. Yeah. I wish I would have sat out there and watched the guy, whatever they do, squeeze gel into those cracks Mm -hmm. or whatever they do. It's pretty amazing. What did it cost it was, you? Uh, it's covered by my insurance, surprisingly. Enough. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. My, my father said, yeah, they'd rather pay for that than pay for you a new windshield. So, mm-hmm. I was like, um, so that was actually very easy. I'm When I have to do things I've never done before, I get scared. And uh, it was a really easy process. So if you have a little chip in your windshield, I highly recommend calling them if they're in your area. Okay. Um, I also have a shout out for Ed Thurlow. He is Blood Bowl Grud, G-R-U-D, on Twitter. He wrote to us and wanted to make sure that um, during this time, a lot of friendly local game stores are having issues, obviously, as people are not going in and buying as much. So if you're needing to buy supplies or anything, make sure you're supporting your local stores and really helping out there when you can. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of... We're kind of lucky that our main store is Wizards, um, but there's a lot of shops that are really, really hurting. Mm-hmm. And um, even if maybe you don't have anything to buy, but you have some extra money, now's the good time to go buy a gift card from them. And yeah. once they get the flow of stuff going again, they, you can go in there and cash that in. That's so, a great idea. They'll be happy to give you one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even if worst case scenario, say you spend $100 on a gift card, if the store's going to close down, they're going to have a close down sale and you can still go in there and cash out on it. So. You get a lot more for your money then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you probably could, but. <laughs> so. Okay. I think that was all I had. Anyone else? Yeah. Are you talking to me or anybody else? You. Al- oh, I You're was the only say, one Al- here. Al- Alan and Sarge aren't here t- this week, so. Oh boy. No, I don't have any shout outs. I got uh, crushed and fumbled by Michael Lewis and his uh, Chaos Dwarf team versus yeah. the Woodell team. But we should have probably mentioned that. Yeah, we should have, but it was. Um, so, congratulations to Michael for winning the league. Yeah, he won the uh, first ever Oklahoma Blood Bowl League, which was our non random skill league. The other one we haven't finished yet. No, me and Steve still have to play. Steve's waiting for it to be so long, I forget how to play vampires. <laughs> and uh, he can crush me on that. So. I'm hoping so. 
we shall yeah. see. Yeah, in time, in time. And then uh, probably after we play that final game, you'll maybe never hear another fumble game on here again unless <laughs> there's a lot more requests for them. But yeah, some people have been enjoying them. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, other than that, I'd say everybody keep staying safe. Be kind to your neighbor. Be kind to other people. Remember, you haven't walked in their shoes. All that good stuff. And yep. We'll be back when we can. Should be shortly. Hopefully. Who's, who knows? <laughs> All right, Steve. I'm going to sign off here, and I'm going to let you send us home. See you guys later. You can follow Both Down on Twitter at Both Down. You can follow Scott at Fat Finley, F-A-T-F-I-N-L-E-Y, and Steve at Kilowog2814. If you want to know if your team name is Both Down Approved, send a tweet to at BD Approved. If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. You're still here? What are you doing here? You're still here. It's over. The movie's over. It's over. Go home. Go home. Go home. Go. Go. Go home. Go home. Go. Just go. Go home it's already. Over. Go. 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 Go on with you. Go.